You're listening to the Becoming Me podcast, and I'm your host, Emily Cummins. You know, we're all on this grand journey, becoming who God made us to be. And that's what this podcast is all about. You'll hear stories of fellow warriors becoming who God made them to be. And you'll discover resources designed to equip you on your own becoming journey. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, and let's dive into today's episode. You're listening to the Becoming Me podcast, and I'm your host, Emily Cummins. You know, we're all on this grand journey, becoming who God made us to be. And that's what this podcast is all about. You'll hear stories of fellow warriors becoming who God made them to be. And you'll discover resources designed to equip you on your own becoming journey. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, and let's dive into today's episode. Well, hey, everybody. I'm so excited to introduce you to my warrior friend, Carissa. Carissa, welcome to BecomingMe.tv. Hey. So here. I'm so excited. And y'all, I met Carissa at a conference literally early 2020. And from the second I met you, I immediately was just like, I love you. You're awesome. And I want to be your friend. (laughs) And you just pour out such wisdom um, that anytime I was in your presence, whether I was watching you on stage or just interacting with you in a lobby setting, you encouraged me. And your story has consistently encouraged me over social media. So I can't wait for people (laughs) to get to know you today. Um, So let's kick it off with the fun stuff. Who's Carissa? Oh man, that's a loaded question. And not because I'm complicated or anything. Like I'm pretty simple, pretty simple gal, like pretty average girl. (laughs) But who is Carissa? Okay. Um, well, I, I love Jesus and I, I love his church and I spent a lot of time at church. Um, I'm the pastor of a young adult ministry at Christ Fellowship Church in West Palm. Um, married to an awesome guy named Cole and we're actually foster parents. So we take in children in our community that need a loving, safe home and, uh, spend a lot of time chasing toddlers around. So we do that. (laughs) Um, And probably the most important thing you should know about me is I have a serious obsession with Starbucks iced coffee. Yes. What kind? Like the same kind or different? Just Starbucks iced coffee. That's it. Just simple, a little bit of cream. Mm. It's a problem. My budget does not like it, but I do. So you drink it every day. Every day. (laughs) Kind of embarrassing. (laughs) Okay. I a hundred percent understand the caffeine need. Like I probably drink three to four cups of coffee a day. No. Yes. Four? Sometimes. I'm just mostly impressed by that. But I, okay. I justify it because I get up at like six and I'll have like a cup, two cups, like before I even get to work. And then I get to work and you're just like hanging with your team and you want to drink a cup of coffee because it tastes good. I mean, I don't know. Listen, I get it because, like, I'm a social drinker. Yeah. Coffee. Yeah. In reference to coffee. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think coffee is, like, such an icebreaker. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. There's something about, like, just having a cup of coffee in your hand, the smell. Oh, 
you have your, I'm missing my cup of coffee right now. Like what was wrong with this situation? Even today I had this coffee blend that was like a peanut butter cup, chocolate peanut butter cup. It smelled so good, Carissa. Wow. Yeah. I'm with you on this addiction. It's crazy. Well, hey, I would love for you to unpack your story. Like what has made Carissa who you are today? Wow. Okay. What has made me who I am today? Man, I've just been like on a journey in my life. And, um, you know, I, I, I didn't grow up in church. Church was not like a, a thing for me all throughout my, my early years in elementary school, middle school, high school, my family just didn't go to church, you know? And, um, when I got my license and a car for the first time, interestingly the first thing I wanted to do was go to church and I have no idea why like I have no like what 17 year olds like I should go to church now that I can drive that's awesome (laughs) but it was actually like it was just the thing I needed in my life I was going through like just you know the the high school drama years and a lot of anxiety and um and even just like some deep anger that I was facing um, I just knew church was a good place to go and so so I went there and it's kind of crazy grabbed my friend and we showed up to like a Sunday night service and I heard about the love of Jesus in a way that I had never heard before and um, gave my life to Jesus right there and um, I really had no idea what that meant like I was like I'll, I'll give my life to this guy. Jesus seems like a good thing to do. My friend did it too. Um, and from there, I just kept showing up to church and a lot of my life didn't really change at that point. Cause I still had the same friends and just kind of still doing the same thing. But, um, I eventually started to do a little bit more than just show up to church. I started kind of like plugging in and engaging with what was actually going on in the life of the church. I started to volunteer in the kids ministry and, um, and actually got to meet some of the community there. And um, it, was, it was in that season where kind of my walk with Jesus actually started because I didn't just give my life to Jesus. I started seeing what doing life with Jesus looked like. Um, it was a really, really special season, just kind of like my early years of Christianity. Like I had no idea what Christians do or act like. And, and I was just kind of like following whatever other Christians did because I'd never seen one before. And so um, just been on a journey there, just figuring out like, what does it mean to be a Christian and how can I love Jesus and make wise decisions and honor God and do life um, with God? It was, it was a journey. <laughs> um, but it was then I started serving in this inner city youth ministry um, where I would just spend some time after school tutoring kids and teaching them Bible stories that like I was reading for the first time <laughs> on my own. <laughs> um, and it was actually in that season where God had planted this deep sense of, of justice for um, just being like a child advocate and uh, actually started a lot of the kids that I was caring for in this inner city youth ministry were in and out of foster care their whole life and never really been exposed to um, really the reality of foster care and the need for foster parents and um, and it was in that season where God really planted this desire for me to do something more for really the kids in our community that um, are abused and abandoned and neglected. And so 
um, fast forward a couple years, just been serving Jesus and, and living my life and felt like God had called me and my husband to just kind of check out this foster care class and figure out what that meant. <laughs> so we became licensed foster parents and uh, we're now three years as a licensed foster home. And we've seen uh, four different kids come through our home. And it's really been a special journey of just loving, uh, loving kids from a really broken situation and uh, embracing a lot of hard things uh, and really, really getting the courage from people to, that are around me to really push through some of that. And um, it's been a journey. It's been a really interesting season. I know God is still writing a story on our life and we're just embracing it. So well, and that's what I love about the word becoming, that our story is always evolving. It's not done on this side of eternity. And so I love how you can even pinpoint, and I love how you worded it, that you began your relationship with Jesus, but then you began this journey of walking with him and what that looked like and how he's led you and each passion along the way to where you and your husband now have opened your home to kids and loving them in the midst of brokenness and the craziness of life. Like that's amazing. I love that. Um, so like if you were having a cup of coffee, iced coffee at Starbucks yes, <laughs> and you're hanging out with somebody else, like what would you say to encourage them on their own becoming journey? Yeah, I think um, as a young adult pastor, I'm like going to step on my soapbox really quick. <laughs> but, you know, just who you surround yourself with is so pivotal in who you become. Yeah. And really like, you know, your, your mom always said growing up, like, find good friends and make right, you'll make right choices. Like, that was annoying then, but it's actually reality in your life now, you know, and I've just seen throughout the entire journey of God helping me become who he wants me to be, that it was really the relationships in my life that have, that determined the quality of my life in that season. And um, my pastor, Pastor Todd always says, you are, um, you are the product of your five closest friends, right? It's like science will even tell us that more than five friends, like, is, is not even possible. Like you can't, you can't have really deep, meaningful friendships with more than five people. It's difficult. I mean, I have one husband and that's difficult. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Love him. But really like you are the product of who you surround yourself with. And so much of who I am and, and what I do and who I hope to be in the future is because of who I've surrounded myself with. And so really you got to surround yourself with the right people. If you want to be all that God has for you, yeah. you got to find the right people, right? That's really good. And it's so true. Like I've heard that statement as well from Pastor Todd and it's right. Like I can think of the five people that I'm around the most and how anytime I'm with them, I do walk away kind of being like them, you know? And so who you do surround yourself with, like you said, it really matters, really yeah. Pastor Rich Wilkerson said something very similar in a recent message of his that anytime he's on vacation with a certain like family that his family vacations with, his wife is always like, you're acting like, you know, your buddy right now. And That's we just so rub off on the people you're around. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I was thinking about in, in this process of becoming really who God, you know, wants you to be and is calling you to be, I was thinking about just, um, that embracing hard things 
actually makes us who God wants us to be. And it seems interesting to say that, but you know, the reality is when hard things come our way, which is inevitable, the Bible even says it, um, we tend to like try to avoid it. Right. Or, or, um, kind of swerve the other direction or just kind of manipulate a different plan or a different solution to avoid the hard thing or the road bump. Um, But I have found that the hardest moments in my life have really spurred on the most growth and, and really the most character development and perseverance in my life. And so, you know, I was just thinking about like really the pivotal parts of my life have have um, really been rooted in some of the, the p- most painful parts of my life. Um, even through this journey of foster care, it's like it is very difficult to take in a child knowing that they're eventually going to be taken back, right? And um, there's a lot of pain and frustration and um, hard things that come with it. Yeah. And people always say to me, like, I would never sign up to do that. Like, I would never sign up to be a foster parent. It's too hard. Like, it's too hard. And I'm like, wow, thank God Jesus didn't say, this is going to be too hard. I can't, I can't go to the cross. Just going to be too hard, right? Yes. The impact that hard seasons have on our life and the life of the people around us, so crucial into who we're, be- we're becoming. That is, I couldn't agree more, like mic drop. Oh my goodness. And your response is so true. Like, I mean, man, I'm so thankful. Like you said that Jesus didn't say, oh, that's too hard. Oh, you know, find someone else, God, or like make another way. Like he loved us that much. And you are so right. Like the hardest moments in my life as well have been the catalyst for the best moments, but only when I choose to go through it and grow through it and become through it. Right. Yeah. All right. Last thought I have. Bring it. Um, The last thought is just really, if we want to become all that God is calling us to be, we really have to serve in every season. And I'm talking like serve and love like Jesus really like at the end of the day, if, if our effort is to become who God wants us to be, we ought to pursue who God is right? Like if we want to be the fullness of God, of what God is calling us to be, we ought to look at the life of Jesus, right? And, and reflect our life off of him. And, and really at the core of Jesus's mission on earth, it was to, to serve and give, right? And I was just thinking about like every season that, um, God has placed me in, I've found a different assignment in my life. Like it might look like being a foster parent, or it might look like just serving my neighbor across the street who's struggling financially and just needs groceries once a week. You know, there's always an opportunity to to serve. I've actually heard somebody say, um, they said this to me one time, and I'm not kidding, this quote has stuck with me my whole life. This is probably my whole life. He told me like five years ago, but it's stuck with me the last five years. Um, and I hope it sticks with you all. He said, a seen need, a seen need is a task given. And every day I see needs. Every day I go to the grocery, sh- grocery store, I go to church, I go wherever I'm going, I see needs. And I truly take on those needs as a task given to me from God. And I really believe that like in our process of serving, we become more like Jesus. And, and, and when we serve and when we give and when we love, 
God makes us to look more like him, which at the end of the day is, is the fullness of who God wants us to become, right? Yes. Man, oh my goodness, you have so much wisdom. I can't wait to go back and watch this story again and take notes because it's so true. And I love that quote. Can you say it again for the people in the back? So we can <laughs> the people in the back. Yeah, come on. <laughs> the, the scene need one, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. A scene need is a task given. Mm, man. Cool. I'm not kidding. I've walked past a piece of trash and been like, I'll just leave that there. Nope. A scene need is a task given. Like, and then I pick up the trash and it's disgusting, but. But you do it. Man, I love that, Carissa. Thank you for sharing. I mean, thank you for sharing your story, your journey, um, how you're becoming who God made you to be, but then also some really practical and tangible ways that we too can become from who we surround ourselves with to growing through the hard things and serving in every single season. Um, those are three truths that I know are going to set me up. I'll set all of becoming me that TV up, um, to really grow and become who God made us to be. So thanks for sharing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been so great. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Becoming Me podcast. If this episode connected and resonated with you, we would love to see your experience. So snap a photo of this episode and share on social media. Don't forget to tag us by tagging at Emily B. Cummins. Learn more about becomingme.tv and find more resources at becomingme.tv. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Becoming Me podcast. If this episode connected and resonated with you, we would love to see your experience. So snap a photo of this episode and share on social media. Don't forget to tag us by tagging at Emily B. Cummins. Learn more about becomingme.tv and find more resources at becomingme.tv.